0: Can you talk about commitment issues? You are completely limiting your possibilities. What would you say are some of the biggest red flags at the beginning of dating someone?
1: Mm. Attraction wanes. You've got to know where you're going. You've
0: got to find that depth. What do you think dating apps have done to the kind of world of dating? The minute that something doesn't feel right, your instinct is usually correct. Is the love language stuff bullshit? My
1: number one pet hate and common mistake is...
0: Okay, guys, I've done it. I really, really, really wanted a dating and relationship expert on the podcast so that we could talk about absolutely no work and only dating and relationships. I know it doesn't make sense with the title of the podcast but quite frankly we've talked about before how this whole podcast is just about me getting advice and charging it back to the podcast and here we are. So we talked everything dating and relationships from long-term relationships to marriages to dating in your 20s, a lot around the dating aspect. So if you want to know where you're going wrong, where you're going right, where everyone else is going wrong and how to navigate it all, keep listening. This is the episode for you and Grace strikes again with a selfish episode entirely for herself. Anna Williamson is a broadcaster and lifestyle coach, best recognised for fronting the UK's most exclusive dating agency on E4's Celebsco Dating. She is the best in the business for trusted lifestyle advice and holds accredited qualifications in counselling, life coaching, psychotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Anna's presenting career accelerated when she began hosting children's television, fronting shows on CITV, Nickelodeon, Channel 4 and the Disney Channel. However, behind the scenes and during production, Anna faced a complete emotional breakdown. Triggered by the pressures from live television and an abusive ex-partner, Anna's mental health spiralled out of control, leading her to seek help and ultimately take control of her future. As she began speaking about her experiences, Anna realised the damaging stigma attached to mental health issues and the power of therapeutic practice, inspiring her to train and qualify as a life coach and counsellor. Since then, Anna has admirably dedicated her entire presenting career to helping others work through their inward mental battles, and alongside supporting celebrities with their dating woes, she is also a chart-topping podcast host, established author, and soon-to-be founder of The Relationship Place, a self-help hub for dating and relationship advice. Thanks so much for joining me. I am so happy to be here. We're gonna go into a full dating and relationships, not necessarily how to, big old discussion, Mm. your expertise. But before we go into that, how did you get to where you are now? Mm. And what is your kind of expertise? I mean, great question. And I think probably the answer I'm still trying to work (laughs) on. No idea. No
1: idea. I mean, honestly Grace, I'll be honest, I've just turned 41. And I think to myself, I've been schlepping around this weird old industry of entertainment, broadcasting, whatever it is, for like over 20 years. I got into this when I was 17. But my career has taken quite a few sort of twists and turns, really, and uh, to where I end up now, and I... I love that. I am someone that thrives off unpredictability, Mm -hmm. which is weird considering I am a very public anxiety sufferer. You know, I I have GAD, Generalised Anxiety Disorder, and often control comes with that. But I I love control. I need control and routine in my life, but I also thrive on unpredictability. And I also am quite a risk taker. When something happens to me or I see an avenue, I do tend to weigh up the risk, but Mm -hmm. I do tend to just go for it and go, hey, sod it, let's see where it takes me. So I started out in kids' telly, actually. I spent uh, 10 years uh, jumping around various channels uh, on kids' telly. Uh, it was all really a happy accident and I always just sort of took an opportunity and then and then rolled with it at the time I would have said my biggest downfall really has turned into my my ultimate strength really positivity in that when I was in my mid-20s I had a spectacular breakdown emotional breakdown it's what one might characterize as a mental breakdown you know Mm -hmm. if you're back in the 1980s and that was as a result of being in a toxic relationship it was coercively controlling I didn't know that at the time didn't even understand it yeah talked about that 15 16 years ago the most I'd heard about that was, you know, Little Merlini, what you remember this, Little Merlin Stenders you know, a big storyline and a soap, you know, to do with domestic abuse, you know, it just wasn't a thing. No yeah. one really understood what, what what that was all about. And I was in my uh, mid-twenties, I was on the telly, in kids, kids telly, and I had this uh, relationship which was, was really unhealthy, and sort of played into all of my Things I really needed to work on, as in, I was a classic people pleaser. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always say yes. I'm very open. I'm very vulnerable. I'm very uh, the vulnerability is our strength, and we should all embrace that. But my vulnerability was really taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I was taken advantage of. Anyway, this relationship was bad news. As a result of that, I ended up uh, suffering with panic attacks and um, a huge cocktail of mental health uh, uh, issues as a result of having um, severe anxiety. I then had a, a breakdown because I wasn't. Getting the help and seeking mm-hmm. the help. Got out of that relationship. Got help. That's wonderful. Um, had therapy. Hurrah, what is therapy? Didn't know what therapy was. <laughs> Isn't that a bit embarrassing? Isn't that a bit like pff, no one sees the only people that see therapy is like my great auntie so-and-so. Do you know what I mean? Back in the 1960s, you got sectioned, mm. you know. It, it had really negative connotations. And yet for me, it was just, it was like it was, it was like the sunglasses came off. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is who I am. This is who I don't want to be. This is what I don't want in my life, this is what I do want in my life. Love therapy. And essentially, working in telly, working, you know, I've gone on working podcasting, and radio and everything else. But I wanted something that was just for me, that where I, again, the control word, where I wasn't um, at the beck and call of producers giving me a job mm-hmm. or not. And I was interested in therapy and, and self-care and working on myself. So I started studying and training, you know, it was my Amazing. thing behind the scenes. And then that naturally, as it often does in the world of, of therapy, you, you end up being drawn to a modality that Suits you, you know, Mm -hmm. and your natural passions and interests, which were relationships. You know, I'd been in a toxic relationship, I'd suffered with mental health uh, problems, so I started to really naturally be drawn to uh, talking therapies um, around relationships, um, around dating, around who we are, being the best we can be to ourselves. Actually, not needing a relationship, wanting Mm -hmm. a relationship. All these subtle changes, and that's really how it ended up happening—a natural passion. And I just got—I'm interested in people, and then it. It all kind of fast forward really ended up with me um, four years ago being asked to join Sleps Go Dating uh, on E4 which is obviously a dating show as a dating mm-hmm. coach uh, and then that's gone leaps and bounds. We've very much changed that show um, as, as we've gone through it to really encourage coaching and then I've recently just launched my brand new coaching hub, The Relationship Place which is essentially I want the just honest relationship is how mm. I sort of title it. I just want to put tangible practical easy to understand help and advice out there for anyone that's struggling with themselves and in a relationship because let's be honest grace we all argue mm. we all bicker we all fantasize about breaking up and divorcing sometimes <laughs> if you've got kids like i have you really regret those decisions sometimes it's normal and that's what i want people to know the relationship place is about coming to somewhere where you go i just need a little bit of help yeah without feeling like i have to go right down that road of therapy
0: and i feel like there's a lot online at the moment there's a lot of vulnerability about almost everything. Mm. But I feel like because a relationship usually involves two people or more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I have concerns over that, it can. It, it, can it can. it can involve two people or more. I would say there's a lack of transparency around relationships because mm. it's very much seen, as, we can talk about, makeup, we can talk about careers, we can talk about what we wear, our mental health, all of these things but I genuinely think there's a lack of transparency around relationships and rightly so because people don't necessarily want to you know air their dirty laundry. It's it's highly private. But I do think that it probably you know the only real things you see online about relationships are either this kind of idea of couple goals and like All of them break up. So something, you know, like as in there's you're obviously not saying everything in any relationship and um, it would be hard to. But, you know, that's kind of the reality or it's, you know, big breakups that we see in press and all of that. So I would say there's also not that much middle ground spot on. And this is where I just feel this
1: natural Coolly, in a way, mm. to sort of put a bit of a grenade under relationships, and with the whole notion of honest relationshiping. And it's interesting you mentioned there about couple goals. My husband sometimes features on my Instagram or podcast. Not so much my podcast actually, because it's banned. Um, we don't. We, there's, there's, there's a line. Mm. You know, my husband's not in this industry, but often people will uh, kindly comment and be like, "Oh gosh, you two you know, hashtag couple goals. Um, I even went to the theatre the other night and. I uh, saw my very dear friend from Stedga dating Tom Reed Wilson and he was like, oh my gosh, someone told me you were here because they, they've they just seen you and Alex, that's my husband, and, and they went, oh, they're just so in love. And I thought that was really interesting because what they didn't know is that we'd had a bloody great row the day yeah. before, and I think this is, and it's it's the nicest compliment when people say that, but as you say, Grace, there's a fine line between airing your dirty laundry in public, mm. which is not cool or mm. not, and it's not respectful within a relationship because what goes on behind closed doors yeah. ultimately should stay there mm-hmm. as long as it's safe. But equally, it's really important, I think, if people are kind enough to say, oh, wow, you and your husband, you seem to have the most perfect marriage. My God, what the hell is a perfect yeah. marriage? We row and we bicker. And I tell you, you know, without crossing a line and being too open about our relationship, he's probably going to listen to this, but I'm sure <laughs> he won't mind me saying, because <laughs> he's one of the co-founders of the relationship mm-hmm. place, We feel really strongly about it, that... We have come from some absolute corkers over the last eight years where, my God, we've both probably fantasised about the divorce courts Mm. and gone, is this worth it? You Mm. know, is this worth it? And then you go back, you pause and you analyse your relationship in each other. And my God, a relationship is hard work and it should be work. A relationship that is paused and is on autopilot is not a healthy relationship. It's not. You have to keep moving. And you know what? Take that day, for example, at the theatre. Yeah, we'd, we'd had just a bit of tension that had you know, just been bickering and bickering and had blown. And uh, we worked hard on that, really hard on mm. that. You know, It took several days, a week, to really work through that conflict. And I'm happy to say that because I think, God, if people think you're a relationship coach on the telly, you've got the relationship place with your husband, but we struggle mm. and we have times,
0: but that is what you need to work on that and work out if you go left or you go right. And I think that as long as that's part of our perception of couple goals, that's fine. Yes. The kind of idea of this healthy, natural, normal fact that not everything's going to be fine the whole time. And actually part of it being fine is being able to have this healthy kind of debate and disagreeing. It's two people living mm. a life rather than one. There's always right. going to be back and forth and one person who wants more contact at one time and one person who wants less and one person who yeah. feels like they really need support at one time and another one who always. feels like, you know, there's always, it's going to be push and pull. It's, it's, it's passing the baton always mm. and, and, it, and it is exactly about that. It is that constant
1: dialogue of what your needs are and where you both are, you know, we all have our ups and we all have our downs and relationships mm. can be really challenging.
0: So a lot of your job now revolves around the idea of matchmaking. You're obviously, <laughs> you, you're on Go dating and in terms of kind of matchmaking, coaching people kind of through those relationships and, and those potential matches and that dating. What would you say the biggest common mistake people make when trying to find a kind of match? Slash dating. So my number one pet hate and common mistake is,
1: my type is, hates it, hates it. And woe betide anyone on our next series of Celebs Go Dating that trots that out. The very moment you say, my type is, you are limiting everything outside of that type. And usually that type has come from previous experience. Mm-hmm. Guess what? If it's previous experience, you're not in that relationship anymore. So what, are you wanting to go back to your past and recreate your past? Mm. That's often where we need to do some work on going, if you want what you've had but you haven't got anymore, where are you heading? Mm -hmm. So for me, the most common mistake and the biggest mistake and my bugbear is people that are very narrow-minded when it comes to their type, listen, it's fine to have preferences, that's fine. But limiting yourself with just saying, I only want someone that is tall, handsome, blue eyes, does this for a job, Mm. has a great family. You are completely limiting your possibilities.
0: And so how do we draw the line between attraction and what we're naturally attracted to and making sure that we're not kind of putting ourselves in this narrow-minded type box? Mm -hmm. What I'm talking
1: about a lot really is is aesthetics. People come up with what they they like the look of. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we all know that relationships, are so much more than that. Yeah. I mean, my God, you know, if my husband married me just based on my looks, you know, when he sees me massively hung over and sleep deprived, I am not looking my mm-hmm. best. It's looking at the bigger picture. And really a relationship and matchmaking is a huge part of it is based on values. Okay, what is important to me? What do I stand for? On my deathbed, if someone said, you know, what has been the most important part of your life? What have you cared about the most? That is where we elicit our top values you know mine uh, is family it's communication it's honesty it's creativity these are really important things to me and that is how we can look beyond the i like someone that's got mm. black hair or someone yeah. that's blonde that's fine but there's so much more to that because all of that can be changed and probably will change. Attraction mm. wanes. After we get through that six month, one year, if you're lucky, honeymoon phase, you've got to know where you're going. You've got to find that depth. And that is where your values come in. And if you match your values with someone else, that is where you should be absolutely lining for, because that will be, create the foundation of your relationship.
0: So I completely understand that. And I completely agree. I think when you think of dating someone for six months versus spending 30 years with them and potentially having children and all of these various different things. What you want from those things will be very different. And in terms of the kind of longer term one, you're going to need a lot that's not related, obviously, to the way they look or the way they present themselves or the way they're kind of, you know, your are first impressions of someone. And
1: that is important, I'd like mm, to point out. It of is, course. That
0: is important too. In the world of dating now, mm. bearing in mind, obviously, everyone can't get to know absolutely everyone before they you know, decide that that person might be a good personality match for them. Mm -hmm. How do you then whittle it down in the types of scenarios that we generally meet people now? So it could be dating apps, it could be at a bar, it could be through friends. Obviously, you can analyse how someone looks slash their general kind of aura and all of these things much quicker than you can ascertain their personality and whether you'd get through having kids together. Mm -hmm. So how do you start to... I guess widen that net without wasting your time.
1: I always say to people, if they've gone on a first date, the first date is always a representative that shows up. You know, you look better, you look good, you're a bit nervous. Everyone's a bit ooh, that's great. And I always say, people go, mm, I'm not sure. If there is even a smidge of interest from you in that date, and you hope them, always go on that second date. That mm-hmm. second date is so much more important than the first date because the second date is when they really show up. That's when you start to really um, unpeel the layers and when it comes to meeting someone and just based on that face attraction and and, okay where am I going with this it's the art of conversation is huge Mm. working out if someone aligns with you emotionally is also really important. How do they speak? You know, where, what references do they come up with? Who do they refer to in their lives? You know, are they quite top line about stuff? Do they Are they vulnerable? Do they let their guard down? Do they tell you about certain things? Or it's about sort of that little dance around working out what's important to them, you know, what information they give up. And really that is down to us as well as the, as the data, is offering that up, because it's called mirror matching. If you give something up, to them offer something you know whether it be a fact or a question or a piece of your life have a look and see if they're offering that back if they're mirroring it and that is when you start to gauge rapport and you start to think okay there's a little bit of something with this going to use guy in in this scenario that is how you start to ascertain if there is a little bit of a, a connection kicking in it's really important to arm yourself with good questions and often asking sort of questions like you know what's the what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you you know I quite like to suggest those questions because mm. when you ask those kind of questions it gives you a little bit of an indication of how vulnerable they might be and how how honest they might be uh how self-deprecating they might be or if they're just putting on this massive front and not willing to go into that that's how you can start to sort of unpack the layers but really the onus is really on yourself it's how mm. much you're willing to invest in that person and you hope that they will bring that back to you
0: with the way dating works nowadays I guess there's that you know there's that representative that turns up to the first date but I would say even before that there's a layer of representatives probably the social media representative there's the which everyone has whether dating or not the dating app, representation, Mm. kind of all of these different things. There are a lot of different layers before you get to actual kind of sharing vulnerabilities and being at a point that you would consider actually knowing someone rather than probably knowing someone on the surface level. Mm. Mm. Do you think, or kind of what do you think dating apps have done to the kind of world of dating in terms of how easy or hard it is to meet the right person.
1: Yes, I think that's the golden question Mm. right now, particularly post pandemic. I'm a fan of of dating apps Mm -hmm. uh, with a heavy caveat. And I think a lot of matchmakers, a lot of relationship experts would be pro them. But I think we've all learned, you know, proceed with caution. I mean, there are so many around. And I think for me, the biggest advice I always give with dating apps is for you yourself, Know your intention behind why you are using that mm-hmm. dating app. Yeah. Some people will say, go for it and go on loads. Okay, the more tennis balls you throw out there, the more it will stick. My personal advice, and it's just my advice, is I think less is more personally, mm-hmm. because we get fatigued really damn quick on a dating app. There's only so many, hey, dick pics, <laughs> t- you know. Time wasters that we yeah. can put up with before we get fatigued. Oh, it's a flipping waste of time. I can't be bothered. Now, you know there's going to be that gem in there. Well, do you know there's going to be that? There could be that gem yeah. in there. Statistically, there's probably someone who you would be well there's matched There's going to be that gem. But if you get fatigued very quickly, you're just not going to want to mm. invest in it anymore and you're going to shut the app down and go, oh, do you know? Yeah. I can't I bother. I with I just, this? I
0: genuinely cannot imagine at this current time in my life, I cannot imagine having the time to flick through a dating app.
1: Right. So I would suggest that less is more. And I would suggest... Go with
0: one free one and maybe
1: one paid one okay it's a myth that people that pay for dating apps or you know that they're more intentional actually research does suggest it is quite 50 50 mm-hmm. but i would do that just to kind of hedge your bets but really this comes you, this is the thing with dating relationships you've got to own it yourselves mm. what am i looking yeah. for what do i want if you just want friends with benefits or you know companionship a bunk up just to mess about with someone or an ego boost even mm. That's fine, but but. but be clear. And if you want a relationship, be really clear with that. A lot of people sort of go, oh, I don't want to come across desperate. I don't want to come across that game It's not. You're stating, I mean, if you believe in the whole put it out to the universe thing,
0: which I'm a big fan of, how does someone know what you want if you don't tell them yeah well I always so my advice always to girlfriends and I think this is the the case we get a lot as you say people are like well I don't want him to think I'm too keen I don't want him to get scared but like they know they're looking for a relationship right and it's like that's completely fine you don't want to sit down and be like the first question be necessarily kind of like heavily in on kids yeah. or marriage it or, or, it or it relationships to be a
1: conversation, not an interrogation right
0: <laughs> but you also if if say you have a date with a guy and One of the first things they say is, I'm not interested in a relationship Mm. and you're actually interested in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Changing what you think you want based on the fact that you think that you could either maybe get this person to kind of like change their mind Mm -hmm. or that will naturally happen and you don't necessarily want to kind of like scare them off, is such self-sabotage and it's just like hurting yourself. Complete self-sabotage. It makes me (laughs) so angry. Complete Uh, self-sabotage.
1: You've pretty much said it there as well. You can never change somebody else and neither should we, Mm. really. We can only change ourselves and how we perceive ourselves and what we do. And in that scenario, exactly, you know, if if you go in, I want a relationship, and you've been clear about that, Mm. that that isn't, do you know what, that's sexy. Mm. Being confident is sexy. So you putting it out there and saying on your bio or wherever it may be, or even in an actual one-to-one chat or even face-to-face saying, I'm looking for a relationship. I'm looking for marriage. I'm mm. looking for children. That's not being heavy or desperate or anything like that. That is being confident. And if that person comes back going, I'm not, Yeah. I would go, thanks for your time, then this is, gonna, this is not for either of us. Because mm. you know, neither of you are wrong in that scenario. Thinking that I can change that person, you are going down a very rocky mm. road.
0: Yeah, because I always think that it's going to, that's going to come out at some point, what you want. Always does. And therefore, you can very much, because I feel like there will always be a scenario where you think like, yeah, no, I am really looking for a relationship. I think this person's really nice and I'd be happy to kind of like date them, maybe friends with benefit, maybe just like see where it goes for a while, even though I know they're not. I always, always, always think, and I think that we really naturally kind of probably slightly lie to ourselves in being Mm -hmm. like, well, there's a chance that whatever.
1: Yeah, and, and I and I exactly that. And I and I understand that. Mm, I understand that. Particularly if you're someone you really do like. Yeah. And you think, God, I you know, in your mind, you're like I, I really I wanna I wanna hedge my bets, you know, will this person grow into this? You know, will I be so fabulous that they mm. will fall in love with me? You know, and, and I get that, but actually I've never really actually divulged it, but it it sort of feels quite natural to now. I've been in that scenario, Mm. um, and without sort of you know being disrespectful, it's not, but you know talking about a previous relationship. But before I got married, obviously, I was in a relationship. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, My, (laughs) but my previous relationship, I very much wanted the whole the whole package, Mm. you know, from from him, and I made it very clear, you know, from from early on, you know, that I that my life goal, you know, my intention in life was to get married and have children it was really Mm. important to me still is I'm thrilled I have that now and to be fair to to the guy I was with this is a five-year relationship he didn't sell me the dream Mm. initially Um, I think sometimes we
0: could sell ourselves right
1: exactly and he for his own reasons it wasn't something that was on his radar for for, you know he had his own opinions around that and he'd never told me that that was something he could definitely commit Mm. to so I did know that. And honestly, yeah, I mean, like how old was I? I, mean, I was 30, 30, mm. 29, 30. Absolutely. There was a part of me that was like, oh, he'll change his mind. Or hoping he changes mind. You know what? Right now it's good like to, to, to bail this relationship mm. when I've got all the feels. And, you know, I'm so into this guy yeah. and he's into me. But I know that, that I stayed. But actually what ended up happening was... That, you know, three, four years into that relationship, all my friends around me were getting engaged, you know, as much as we should never measure ourselves against others, which we really yeah, shouldn't, But it was what you I'm wanted. human, yeah. it's what I wanted. And it got to that point of, right, you, were you serious about that or not? There was a lot of indecision around mm. that, you know, I was sort of being fed a bit of a, and I can understand probably wanting to fit into that mould mm. for me. But if that's not truly no, in you, yeah. you can't do it. And, and guess what happened? Hey, mm. unfortunately, that relationship ended because we were on different paths. And it was the most heartbreaking breakup, really, mm. because no one did anything wrong. Yeah. I wanted that, he didn't. Mm. And no one was right or wrong with that. But ultimately, the relationship broke down. And there I was at the age of
0: 33, 34, single, and living with myself again, and really not wanting to be in that situation. So what would you say to someone now who was in a relationship where they know that they want something quite different in terms of life. For example, marriage and kids within Mm. the next few years, Mm. and they know the person they are with isn't like completely against it, Mm. but probably sees it more in 10 years Mm. than they do in the next few years. Mm. When do you know that it's the time to probably break it off, understand you want different things and kind of find that elsewhere, if that's something that's really important to you Mm -hmm. or when to stick it out based on the fact that that could, you know, be a really amazing relationship.
1: When the desire for what you want and what you feel is a very huge part of your life Mm. and the next stage of your life, when you are at that point where you are not matching, Mm. it's incongruent, relationships are going to have difficult conversations. My God, for me, I've just spoken myself, horrible, very difficult conversation. And there does come a point where you just have to be as honest as you possibly can. There's no right or wrong answer with this because it ultimately comes down to personal choice. Mm. But if someone cannot promise you or with complete conviction say that they can make that step with you, then you really do have to, unfortunately, work out what's what's most important in your Mm. life is... Is that person being with them, or is the desire to have what they can't offer you, i.e. marriage and children? You know, how big a deal really is that to your life? You know, I do know some people that have stayed together. They've wanted the marriage and the kids, and actually it hasn't been reciprocated, but they have stayed. And actually Mm. they've they've found their way in a different way in that relationship, and it's been equally fulfilled. And I think that's the key word here, fulfilled. Where is your goal, your relationship goal, your life goal? Are you aligned at any point? And where is that compromise? But sometimes you do have to have these really difficult conversations and uh, it can hurt like hell in that moment where you have to make them. And you never know. No one knows what the future holds. You know, I've had some people do that. They've bailed a relationship. Mm. Say bailed that's a bit harsh, but they've they've exited it. And then they can't have children, Mm. you know. So there are are so many variables. But I think it's all about what makes you feel fulfilled. And, And individually knowing how much this person means to you you know I've equally had people and know people that you know one of them's been absolutely vehement they don't want kids absolutely not and yet they've met this person and and suddenly it's all clicked for them Mm -hmm. and they've gone I've just never met someone that I really wanted that experience with so it is so subjective but it really is about keeping that constant conversation and dialogue going and just having the balls to be really honest with each other even if it hurts because all it will do is hurt down the line. Mm. All you're doing is just literally kicking the can down the road.
0: Yeah. Don't no be I, me. I was, yeah, <laughs> Don't be me.
1: Seriously. And you know what's interesting? When I then met my now husband, which was very soon after, I did actually know my husband before I actually got together yeah. with him. We met, married got pregnant, had babies in 18 months. Mm. It was a bit of a whirlwind, actually. I mean, I was, I'm not saying
0: I was desperate, but <laughs> uh,
1: we did fall in love very quickly. But actually, it was one of the first questions that I yeah. brought to the table.
0: I think that's the thing. I think that with dating and relationships, what I've always felt like, I I feel like everyone's made a lot of mistakes they've you know you have to make mistakes you have to kind of the way you learn in relationships the way you learn what you need and want and all of these things is by making mistakes
1: there is no failure only feedback and I I live by
0: that rule I absolutely love that and I would also say that kind of I think we expect or I definitely have friends that get quite frustrated that they not necessarily make the same mistakes over and over, but Mm. it's like you expect probably after like your third relationship that's been like a year long, there would be certain things that wouldn't recur, And then when they do recur, it's really frustrating because you're like, so like I've Mm. just, you know, say wasted my own time. Mm. But actually that idea that each time you just learn a little bit more about yourself and about what you want and about the kind of direction you want to go in, Mm -hmm. I think is so important.
1: Very important. And actually what it sounds like you're saying as well is never live with regrets. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds such a cheesy thing to say, but, but really don't. Um, everything that we go through is a learning experience. And you know, we say this on Celebs go Dating, I say this to private clients, you know, even when you are down in the trenches, and you know, I've been in the trenches in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship, and yet I've still asked myself that question and flipped it into a positive, what have I learned about myself, about that relationship? And then the big question, what would I do differently. Mm. And you know what? All it takes in life and is, is that one person. Maybe that too. you know, hey, people get divorced as well, Why don't mm. they move on? You know, uh, and, and that's also okay. But never look back, I think, and this is I think this is the thing, you know, so many people bring their in their world, their failures into the future, into a present, and, and it's sort of as my dad would always put it, you walk in, you're walking in the door backwards, you know, you're already exiting yeah. before you've gone in. It's really just appreciating and respecting every situation you've been in. And actually, I mean, this sounds a bit therapy, and I did sort of, you know, make peace with this, but genuinely, one of the, I even said this to his face, the, the abusive ex those many years ago, I thanked him. Not thanks for being an abusive bastard. Hmm. And don't you dare do that to anyone else again, because it's a bit of a sad, pathetic person to do that. But I thanked him because so much better Mm. as a person and so much happier, so much more fulfilled. And my God, I would never have got into talking therapy if Mm. it hadn't been from that experience. And I think that's a really helpful way of pulling yourselves forward, particularly when it comes to dating relationships, because often we will attach the same negative attributes to somebody before we even start a new relationship no absolutely oh
0: all men are bastards Mm. or no they're not Mm. no they're not Mm. and so how do you get into a new relationship and learn and move forwards and keep those learnings with you Mm. without having certain preconceptions slash you know past damage applied to your new relationships or new dating
1: it's communicating and learning mm-hmm. with each other, learning what our styles are, learning what any triggers are, and being really honest and vulnerable about that. We, we all carry scars, you know, I think. Well, most, a lot of us do. Um, but this is where working as a, a partnership is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And also recognizing yourself when something from your past might be causing an issue mm-hmm. or a challenge within your new relationship. And having that conviction to saying to your partner, oh, it's feeling like X, Y, Z right now. And I kind of need some help with this. Or can you help me? I'm feeling a bit insecure, for example, about this. What can you do to help me with that? And it is really doing that dance together in order to keep promoting security within the relationship, honesty, truth, Trust, transparency, these are all key ingredients for any relationship. And the minute I see a relationship start to come on the skids, it's why I created a relationship place in particular, because conflict is huge, always tends to be that we're missing some of those key ingredients. And that's when we start to self-doubt. We start to get ourselves into rather grey territory. So it really is about making sure that communication is a positive, but also learning how each other communicate. You know, we do all communicate in different ways. I actually like to communicate, um, even though I talk a lot, as you can probably tell, I like to communicate by the written word. I find I can really convey what I'm Mm. feeling. I'm quite kinesthetic, I can convey that. My husband hates it. Mm. Literally the one thing that pisses him off is if I send him a long diatribe text, it really pisses him off. Speaking face to face and you know verbally even on the phone is how he communicates better. Now that can be quite difficult sometimes Mm. because we have two different communication preferences, which we all can as well. We all have different arguing preferences. Mm. My husband's Italian, he's quite fiery. Bang, he's out, he's out there. But you know, he wants to to talk that out there. I like to kind of go away, think Mm. about it. So it's learning about how each other communicates best and then how you can then work your way back and compromise and how they can compromise. So it might be in my scenario, I'm feeling a certain way, something's pissed me off, or I'm feeling a bit insecure or down or worried, or whatever I need to discuss with him, I know that I can message him and just say, look, I'm feeling X-Y-Z, can we have a chat about it? Sure. Should we talk about it later when we're cooking dinner or something, you know, and we can talk about it face to face. And that's really where you do this dance. It's just about checking in with each other at all times. A healthy relationship is a relationship that bickers, it really is, because naturally we all have different opinions on Mm. things in life. You know, it would be very weird and Mm. I've never met anyone that's, dated or married Mm. the the carbon copy person Mm. um so that's okay but you just it's learning how to communicate effectively
0: i'm gonna get the questions out for context for people listening Mm. i have asked my instagram what the main questions they'd like to know from a date
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on
0: your next order. Quince.com slash style. ...relationship expert are. Mm. So we're going to go at them. There'll be some with longer answers, some with shorter answers. (laughs) But i read them and this is (laughs) also entirely selfish. Once again, this whole podcast is about me just being able to speak to people... That I want answers from.
1: Grace, that is the prerogative of having a podcast. Mm, I have one myself. and that's Free is, advice. That is, yeah,
0: exactly. You can do what you damn well like with your own podcast. So, question number one. Go on. Is the love language stuff bullshit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm a huge fan of it.
0: Absolute huge fan of love languages.
1: So, there's acts of service, physical touch, quality time, gifts... Words of affirmation, um, no, I'm a huge fan of love languages. I think it is the key to a successful relationship. I really do. I think if you can fathom out what your love language is and what your partner's love language is, you have hit the jackpot. Mm.
0: It's a a cheat code. It's a massive cheat code. It's helpful for, because I think obviously the thing is, is likelihood is, even if you, you're going to differ in some ways. Mm. Um, Mm. Probably, you know. Different relationships are obviously different. But what happens if you have love languages that are completely different?
1: I mean, that's fine. It's just learning how to tune into those. Mm. Um, it, and, and our love languages can can move around the hierarchy. A love language is, by its definition, is how do you receive love? And how do you give love? Um, you know, for me, my number one love language is acts of service. Mm. Um, honestly, all my husband has to do is... Load the dishwasher without asking, and you know he, 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 he's on. You know he's he's on for it. Um, my husband, it's quality time. You know, for him, he really appreciates that quality time when I put the phone down. You know, and I am actively in <clears throat> to him. Um, and the minute you tap into your partner's love language, um, good things
0: happen. Can you talk about commitment issues? And no. what they really mean. So I guess what this person means is, you know, we hear a lot about commitment issues. Mm. We hear a lot about people who have commitment issues. Mm. What does that mean? Can you still go for someone, say, if they, if they you think has commitment issues or maybe they self-professed have commitment issues?
1: So commitment issues are typically steeped in past evidence, past mm. situations, past trauma even something will be driving that commitment issue. Maybe they have been on the receiving end of parents that divorced. Maybe they have witnessed commitment in a really negative way. Typically, they have. That is why they have commitment issues. Or it could be that they just are not feeling that they are in that right space at this time in their life to commit. And that can often be down to just you know, personal progression, headspace, anything they might be grappling with, their life goals. You know, perhaps, you know, it's perfectly okay for someone that is really, really geared into work, you know, and doesn't want a a committed relationship because they feel in some way that will hinder them being able to Mm. 100% focus on work, which is fair because you have to really give a lot of time to relationship too. But if someone says they have commitment issues... I would be interested to know if some, if and why someone trotted that out mm. as a statement. And I would want to delve into that because mm. often it's often a defence mechanism as well. Yeah. It's almost a, I'm just going to put you over here at arm's length. Mm. So I'm telling you right now that I'm not going to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear
0: yeah. really
1: when people say that is I'm not ready to be vulnerable. What I would say to someone on the receiving end of that, don't run into the trap of being the rescuer. Now, I'm guilty of being a rescuer. It's not a, a challenge. It's not <laughs> Someone's saying they have challenge. commitment issues. It's not a challenge right. for you to overcome. Right, exactly. That is for them to work out, mm-hmm. okay? And it's not for you to prove to them that you are worthy of their commitment. Um, I would say proceed with caution, but I would say probably more proceed with curiosity mm. on where that comes from. But always you yourself know on what your goals are with regards to commitment. If they don't want to even even explore commitment, that's mm. fine, but that's important to you. So that perhaps is that person is not for you.
0: I also think there's a big difference between someone who has commitment issues and is expressing that potentially because they need to be almost vulnerable and say, I have commitment issues, FYI, I'm trying to work through them, I like you. Hmm. And someone who has commitment issues and says that almost as a light rejection. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or a kind of get or out I, of jail I free. I it's the one thing. Yeah, It's exactly. a get out of jail. It's a, I literally just, you know, yeah. I want to have sex
1: and then Either and that's way
0: is fine. Either way is fine. But the vocalisation of it is obviously very different. And I think it can almost be someone saying, being vulnerable and saying, mm. I know this is my big issue. Right. I know what I need to get through. Really good point. It's really knowing what the intention
1: is behind that statement. As you say, if someone is vulnerable saying, I really like you, but I have commitment issues, that's very different to someone going, just so you know,
0: yeah, I've, got I've got commitment issues, yeah, yeah. so I'm
1: just in this for one thing. Very, very different. And
0: that's just, just translate it. That's someone saying that they're not for, going for something which serious. Is fine, fine. Which is fine, but that's why
1: I'd say proceed with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Rather than judging, curiosity of what, do they mean by that? Mm. Where's that come from?
0: I also often think that we can't, we think that we can't clarify something. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you, you very much can, I think there's this, probably this idea, and I don't know whether this was just me, but when I was a teenager, I very much, I think, over glorified the probably like the authority of guys in a relationship because it would be like you were really lucky to have a boyfriend when you okay. were like a teenage girl okay. and so I, I know think you that mean. I yeah. kind of yeah. definitely had that when right. I was younger it was mm. very much like um, I was much less likely to question much less likely to clarify this whole kind of like what if they think that I'm mm. you know like too into it or like any of these things which obviously Unless naturally as you grow up yeah, yeah you, At, you understand yeah. but one of the in terms of being able to clarify just being like do you just to get this straight, mm. when you say you have commitment issues, are you saying that you don't want to commit and you're happy with your commitment issues and this is not, you know, mm. this is not a longer term thing? Or, or are you saying that you have commitment issues, you're aware of your... And you'd like to work through Exactly.
1: It. Yeah, and that is really, really key because, and like I say, it's all about where that statement's come from. And, mm. and what you do with that information is very different. Mm. Um, Like I say, if it is the one that I have commitment issues because I have trauma in my life and, you know, proceed with caution um, and don't go into rescuer. But absolutely hold their hand if it's something because it shows vulnerability and that they're wanting. What you hope is, is that what they're saying is that you are someone I would even be prepared to dip that toe in. But Mm. I'm actually a bit scared because I'm not sure how to get there. And I'm telling you because I actually respect you that I have had commitment issues in the past and it is something that frightens me. Now, I'm not saying you're gonna have a happily ever after, but actually that relationship potentially could be one of the strongest mm. and most Starting powerful- Starting from that point of vulnerability. Right, powerful issues that, that ever happen, mm. you know, coming, from that, from, coming from that.
0: Why do you think people are ghosting mm-hmm. a lot nowadays? And how should people deal with that on the dating scene? Mm. Great question.
1: I've got no time for ghosting. I mean, who has, right? Ghosting is disrespectful, essentially. Mm-hmm. Overall, it's disrespectful. And on Celebs Go Dating, for example, if someone does, you know, the kind of Celebs Dating version of ghosting, i.e. just sort of bails out of a date and feeds them a bit of, you know, bullshit and doesn't own it, we make them go back and write that wrong. Yeah. Okay. It's okay to not like someone. 100%. We won't like everyone. Just be respectful and say, and you know what, I never in my experience has someone politely and respectfully told someone, you know what, this isn't working for me, or it's not quite what I'm looking for, or you're not what I'm looking for, but thank you for your time. Never have I ever experienced someone be upset with that response. And yet every time, everybody is upset with the nothing. Because what that does is it plays into our insecurities, Mm. is it me? Well, it must be me. They just, they've just literally picked me up and dropped me. It, I think it's one of the most, the, the worst things about mm. the dating scene, actually, is the ghosting. Why are so many people doing it? That's a great question. I believe it's because they can, yeah, because there's easy. so much choice out there. You don't have to have integrity, and but- it shows integrity to say to someone, no thanks.
0: And I guess as well, if we're talking about a dating scene where you know online dating has become more and more prevalent... The idea of ghosting is obviously, okay, you might go on one day, think you get on really well, and then one person decides to ghost. It's obviously, before it might have been that you would have bumped into someone and said, oh, you know, like, I don't think this is the thing. Whereas you'd have to arrange maybe like a second date Mm -hmm. or message someone. Mm -hmm. And people feel like it maybe might be a bit much to message someone after a first date and just be like, kind of go all in. What I kind of feel about ghosting is that it's, not just a lack of respect to that other person and what i i would kind of call it cowardice i don't know if that's like unfair i think it's the easiest option like it's the easiest option now but i also think that it's like not respecting yourself Mm. because there's no way anyone actually feels good about ghosting someone. Mm. You have every right to not want to talk to someone or to not want well, to date someone. And if or you any do of feel that. good about it, then I would seriously yeah, that question, question. your sociopath tendencies. I yeah. also think that it's like a lack of respect for, your, for yourself, mm-hmm. being able to have difficult conversations. Right. No one wants to openly reject someone if you're a good person you probably don't want to openly reject someone potentially hurt someone's feelings but not being able to respect yourself and that other person enough to have the to literally just say hey had a great time I think you can say you, there are so many easy outs so many there are so outs. many kind of like oh I actually think this is better on like a friend basis you know you're not going to be friends with that random mm. person although I, well, but, what I would say is on that on that one. I would
1: say, don't give false hope either. Mm. I know it's an easy, right, right, it's an easy, right, right. In and I'm, not, and I'm not, well, I am pulling up on it, but not, but only in a, in a, I hope helpful way. Yeah, because everyone does trot that okay, out. Okay, it's an easy cop out. Saying not
0: romantic, rather than exactly, we should be it, friends. Exactly, you're a great. Per- I mean, this is
1: you're a great person. I mean, if you felt that, um, even if you had a stinking date, I would. But you're absolutely right, Grace. It says. So much about ourselves on how we handle those difficult situations, and almost that whole, you know, as, as Granny always used to say, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated mm. yourselves. But I really think that, you know, that is. Really, really good advice. I and mean, I've been ghosted before, way, way back in the day, back in the dark ages, Grace. I really respect someone going, actually, it's, you know, you're not for me or it's not for mm. me or I'm just not actually feeling like I'm in the right space, actually, to take this any further. But And this is the thing. This is for anyone that's thinking about ghosting. Firstly, don't do it. The best thing to do at the end of that, awkward conversation if you're feeling it or message is just thank them Mm. thank them for their time thank them for showing up thank them for taking interest thank you so much for the day you know whatever you want to say I
0: also just think it's quite a good life exercise to get used to needing to have difficult conversations it's the easiest one it's like the if you're gonna need to let people go from work or Mm. go kind of whatever it might be like there are so many difficult conversations you're gonna have in your life get some practice in and tell yes. someone after you went on one date that it just wasn't the right thing yeah. and like but grow as a person use grow your maturity person. It,
1: it, exactly and honestly uh, it it really pleases me when i see I've, we've made people do it you know in in the moment and they all absolutely they're sweating they're nervous they can't have that difficult conversation every time when they've had a difficult conversation the person in question who they've said thanks but no thanks to has really appreciated hmm. it at the very least base level they've gone Thanks Mm. for actually having the decency to tell me that. I'm a big girl, big boy. I can take it sort of thing. And you
0: know what? Like say,
1: they've always felt better about themselves. They've grown.
0: Yeah. No, I think that is so important. And how, when you are in a relationship and it's going well and it's probably been going well for a while, how do you know it's, quote unquote, the one?
1: When you've got someone to do everything with, but they are the person you like to do nothing with. As in, they're just someone that you love being around okay love is a cocktail really intimacy passion and commitment and if you have those three ingredients in your relationship then that is a relationship that's a stayer intimacy really important but intimacy is always isn't it it's it's sexual intimacy it's romantic inter- intimacy it's uh, intellectual intimacy emotional intimacy um passion obviously that's the physical side of things yeah and uh, and commitment it's uh wanting to be with that one person over anybody else romantically Mm.
0: and what do you think then about the fact that I'm sure people can be in that situation and love their partner and love their relationship understandably after you know a while it might it might feel like the grass is greener and it might not necessarily be because there are any issues within the kind of relationship i think particularly within young relationships if you've been with mm-hmm. someone for a long time and ne- don't necessarily have a lot of comparative factors it's probably quite easy to start thinking at points like oh i wonder if this really is the one
1: mm-hmm.
0: how do you think you start kind of working out whether it's yes i've got those three things but actually I might be more suited to someone in terms of their ambition or what they want to do with their lives or any of these things, Mm -hmm. or just saying, actually, no relationship's perfect. I've got all of these three things. I love doing life with them. I love doing nothing and everything and all of these things with them. How do you know the difference? So you need to add
1: into all of that your values again and Mm. your goals. Where are we heading? I always like to give people their their, their dream day um, and asking each other that in five years time, 10 years time, where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? You know, picture it. Literally picture the scene. You know, what does that scene look like? Are you with that person with three kids? Are you travelling the world with a backpack on your, you know, back? But that way you can just realign and drill down. Why are we together? Mm. You know, what has brought us together? Relationships change and they evolve and our goals change. But it's always about communicating back in. fact, my husband, and I did it recently. He was just like, what are your dreams? And I was like... Oh, a really good question. I don't know. I mean, haven't had a chance to break wind, let alone think of my dreams. Um, <laughs> and he was like, "What are our dreams together?" And actually, it was in those with me. And, and I thought we were on a long car journey. And I was thinking about it for a while. And I was like, "God, great question, Al. I haven't really thought about that for a while." And I was like, "Well, what are yours?" And he, you know, he explained. You know, he had a few kind of goals that he wanted for us, couple goals, as well as in, you know, interdependent relationship mm. is a successful one, one that exists outside the relationship as well as within it. And he said, "But what are our couple goals?" He's got his own personal ones. I've got my own personal ones. So I've got that's a good one. And actually it took me a couple of days to really think about it. I said, I think in the next three years, this is our three year plan. I'd like us to do X, Y, Z. Well, that's really important because I think sometimes, and I speak for myself here, you get so caught up in your one track, mm. You know, this is my life and hey, that's your life over there. And we'll just sort of throw each other together. And kids really do change a relationship as well. You know, there's barely any time for anything. Um, but it's really important just to keep checking in. And I would say, yeah, for a long-term relationship, for thinking, you know, where are we heading with this? It's about that. And if, and if creating those joint goals, does that create excitement? Tune into your emotions and your feelings mm. on that. Does it make you go, mm. If it does, then, well, have a think about that. You know, mm. why are you going, mm. Maybe you are not fulfilled in that relationship, perhaps.
0: Or do you think maybe some people are programmed to, like, change more and therefore maybe aren't programmed for being with someone for 30 years and could just be... Quite possibly, yeah. We're all, we're all very different beasts, you know. Mm. I'm a huge fan of relationships
1: and of marriage, I'm also a fan of divorce Mm -hmm. in in the right circumstances because sometimes that does happen you know Mm -hmm. we're all but what I would say is never beat yourself up about that but also if you get to that point where you've perhaps evolved and you've changed to a point where you really do feel like you have different things and you know and life plays a huge part of that doesn't it you know we go through situations and scenarios which change us and can change some people more than others grief bereavement, you know, all, all, all kinds of things can happen with, that can just move us, you know, jobs mm. and things like that. And we can come to a point where we're like, actually, that's why we did the make or break plan in the relationship place, because it's about going, what have we got? Mm. And where are we heading separately or together? And really having that, you know, thrash it out of what you've got together or sometimes realising that actually we've had our time and it's yeah. time to move on and that's okay i think mm. i think people are kind of scared of that too and i think people associate relationship breakdown with something traumatic and mm. big and explosive as oh he's cheated on me and i'd always say if you are feeling like that and you really have tried everything to try and um exhaust sounds like a negative word but exhaust that relationship yeah. as in if it is and you really and you really feel that actually no this relationship isn't for you anymore that's okay yeah but do it respectfully, before you end up going down a route of your eye wandering or, you know, you start not communicating or ghosting within Mm. your relationship and then it all just breaks down anyway. It takes a brave person to recognise
0: that before Mm. you get down those trenches. It really does. Social media. (laughs) I think there's a few different questions I want to ask around this and that there have been so many questions around social media. The first is... Someone who said, I've been with my boyfriend for six months Mm. and he's got a regular Instagram and he hasn't posted me at all. Mm. (laughs) Is that concerning?
1: My gut instinct on this, we have three brains, our head, our heart and our gut. Gut's always the most correct is yes. However, there's always a caveat because I don't know these people and I don't know this person. Put it this way, that person setting that question in because it doesn't feel right. Yeah, right. Okay, Okay, so the minute that something doesn't feel right, your instinct is usually correct, mm. okay? And then we move into this whole territory of, do they think maybe I'm being controlling, mm. you know, because I want to be on it? Do they think I'm being possessive? Do they think yeah. I'm being too strong? So what we're talking about there is self-doubt is starting to creep in. What I'd ask to this person who sent that question in, does she post her boyfriend, her mm. 6 months relationship does she post him on her Instagram?
0: Or does he post other things at a regular interval that are important to him? Right, and that's the key. What does he post? If he just doesn't post anything... Mm, or
1: just posts work, or, or just posts, right, and you know, If he, it's not personal. Exactly. If he is consistent in his approach, if it's just, yeah, exactly that. Um, There's a day out and you're suspiciously
0: missing from the <laughs> one photo that you right. went in.
1: Or he's posting everything else in his life that mm. matters to him. So... Work, it isn't just like a work account so that's fair enough You know, I've got a friend of mine who's a big interior designer so their Instagram feed yeah, is, yeah, is no, Instagram you know they're not going po- you know, to suddenly post a picture of so. her and her husband in a hot tub you know what I mean it, it's just it's just Oof. incongruent. it yeah. just doesn't work on her social media but if someone um, and I do not lots of people like this that on their social media they will post everything that matters to them their kids their families their mums you know on, on the toilet you know or whatever it may be and then they are the one person missing mm-hmm then yes, I would have a concern. I would. So I would then ask the question. Can I ask why? Why you don't put me on my Instagram? Um, You might be met with why does it matter and everything Mm. like that. And I guess that's the other question to ask yourself. Why is it important to me? Mm. And it sounds to me like this person is validation. It's validation Mm. within that relationship. It's validation and respect within him and everything that encompasses him.
0: Yeah. If He naturally posts a lot of other things Then, if there's a kind of gaping hole, then it does raise the question. And I think it's one of those difficult things because those types of things are the things that we're programmed to think that it's, angled as either over controlling or Mm. kind of stupid things that Mm. don't matter Mm. but it's I think probably in this person's case it sounds like it's less about the actual fact that they're not on it more about the principle of like (laughs) oh I wouldn't mind being on it or not but the principle of the fact that you're also say posting all of the other things that you're interested in or every weekend or all of this and I'm what? I happen to not be there when I'm probably spending most time with mm. you. That mm. sounds like a deliberate thing. And also, there could very much be something where it's like, actually, I really like to keep my private life private.
1: Which is why the conversation is worth having. Yeah. Um, it's worth having. I mean, my husband doesn't really post me. Mm. Uh, on. Well, he's not really that active, but he's not yeah, that active yeah. on Instagram. And but, But again, if that was an issue for me, I would because you never know, this, this is the thing, this is why I bang on and on about communication, but communic- or lack of communication, it's the mother of all F-ups. Ask the question and then you will also know and be dictated and led by the answer and the response and the tone and everything else that comes with that. You know, the response to that, become, oh my God, like, um, oh God, yeah, I'd love to, I just didn't think you wanted to be. Like I just didn't need it. A- there could be a million
0: answers for that. But you'll know. If there's a defensive response, that's a flag. So you've been dating someone for a little bit. You've been on four dates with them. You start to understand through these four dates and spending a bit of time with them elsewhere that they're not going to be right for you because of a few big or medium-sized red flags. (laughs) How do you stop thinking about that person's potential in terms of what it could be or what they could be? when you know that realistically, it's not how they actually are now?
1: I mean, first off, I would never ever ignore a red flag. Mm -hmm. Proceed with caution on one, if I'm Mm -hmm. honest with you. I have slightly contradicted myself there. Never ignore the second one. Mm -hmm. And if we're four dates in and we are seeing flags, you confront them, make them aware of something that you have spotted or experienced that you're not happy with or that has concerned you or whatever it may be. Again, you judge that response If it is a response that is defensive and shuts you down, get the hell out of there. If it is a response that is genuinely open, wanting to improve, uh, to change, to work on whatever that uh, flag may be, people come with past Mm, baggage. So be wary of them don't rule them out but it all depends on how much that person is prepared to work on that and the response but red flags should always be acted on
0: what would you say are some of the biggest red flags at the beginning of dating someone
1: actions not matching the words mhm oh my god you know grace i just you know i'm so into you i'm just I can't wait to see tomorrow i'm going to do this i'm going to do that <laughs> brilliant and you don't hear from him Maybe for oh, a yeah. week, maybe for a week. When <laughs> it's just it so strange. Right, yeah, and then a week later, and then you're sitting there going, did I imagine that? Mm-hmm. Like, he was really into me. Yeah. Like, you know, but like, I'm a pretty good judge of character. Like, he was really into me. You know, message, you know, nothing, nothing. Then a week later, oh, my God, sorry, I've been bullshit, excuse, insert, uh, and then it was all over you again. So it's actions matching words. Are they going to do what they say they're going to do? that's the one thing that I would watch out for. And if they don't, don't give them many chances because they're stringing you along. I would say, um, respectful language. I mean, this probably sounds like an obvious one, but you'd be surprised how many people make excuses for that. Mm. You know, what is appropriate, uh, language for you, um, that you feel comfortable around, um, you know, you should never accept anybody that... I mean, I get so tired with this whole I want to go out with a bad boy, you know, type vibe. And it's because bad boys, even we describe a bad boy, probably been to jail or something, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's because they're exciting and it's because they are nonchalant and they don't care about life and that can be exciting. Um, but also, you know, watch out for that. Watch out for someone that is kind of on their own mission and mm. you're just sort of being dragged along for the ride. Um, I think that's also a really important one.
0: What about green flags? Ones Mm. at the beginning of a relationship or dating Mm -hmm. that you think, great, go ahead. Someone that lets
1: you in, in all ways, Mm. emotionally, physically, that shows their vulnerable side. Someone that is open to learning, open to own mistakes, You know, what we're talking about is is vulnerability. That is the ultimate green flag. And I spend so much time trying to help people see the strength in being vulnerable, not in shutting it down. That's a real green flag, yeah.
0: Mm, I love that one. What do you feel about attachment types? If you know that you're someone who is more likely to become codependent Mm. within a relationship, Mm. how do you acknowledge that and stop yourself from doing that? Or... Do you think in the right situation, you should be able to be not necessarily codependent but with someone who allows you to kind of feel somewhat codependent by being strongly interdependent?
1: You, we need to be careful mm. of codependency interdependency is is the holy grail okay so that is having the uh, individuality you know owning your own life you know enjoying life outside of the relationship your own set of friends your own work goals your own social goals there's the interpart so I mean, we, we touched on it earlier you know the how it operates as a couple okay not being too dependent on that other person for your happiness or anything and that's the key it's not solely putting your eggs in one basket you know which is kind of codependency my happiness or safety or security Mm. and you know everything else uh, is dependent on that person providing for me so I think when you talk about attachment styles you know yeah it's like secure attachment so the, the holy grail is to make sure you keep that boundary around interdependence Mm. it's really recognizing that and Mm. as the partner if you are feeling like your partner is becoming quite dependent on you it is helping them to expand what they need to feel a bit more independent outside of the the uh, inter side of the relationship
0: and if you know that you're someone who is who naturally kind of falls into that codependency probably I don't know because of either past traumas mm. or abandonment issues mm. or whatever it mm. might be. Mm. How do you build away from that and start to say you started dating someone and you really like them and you start to see these little things creep in like when they don't respond, you're kind of feeling anxious mm. about mm. when you know, you know whether they like you or not or any of these things and you start to feel your happiness become more and more yes. codependent or dependent on them.
1: Yeah, so, so that is down to self-esteem mm. and self-confidence and that is when... Really recognising it, first of all, that's the most important thing you can do. You've identified it, you've identified that this is perhaps an issue. Well done, okay, well done. It's pause, okay, pause and then walk that step back. Recognising where those thoughts come from, recognising that that is your past, being dragged into your future and your present. It's also important to let your partner know mm-hmm. in the way where you're not loading them with all this emotional burden, mm-hmm. um, but letting them know that, you haven't responded to me on this text message or something, or you said one thing and then you haven't done another. Um, it's really tapped into my insecurity. And I just wonder if you can help me with that. And if there's anything that we can, um, mm. you know, can you help, can you help me w- with me, but I'm also going to work on this myself. So again, yeah, it's just working right. on that self-esteem, remembering what you're great at, what you're good at, what brings you confidence. Surround yourself with those people as well, outside of that relationship that gas you up, that lift you up, that inspire you. Don't um, you know? Surround yourself with mood hoovers, people that you know suck it out of you, make you feel crap about yourself. Ditch them. Just have those people around you that make you feel good. So particularly when you've come from a traumatic past, but also letting your partner know where you're. And I say the word weaknesses, and I, that's not to be used in a negative mm. way. But your challenges yeah. are—that's probably a better word to use—where your challenges are around that, and where it comes from, where it's been, and what you want to work f- through. But they are—they can be a huge part in helping you to move through that situation. So often, it's acceptance, um, and it's then actively trying to move move through that. I mean, I've been in a you know an emotionally controlling relationship. I am very tuned into and on high alert. Uh, to what I would deem controlling language. Um, It's a red flag. It's something that triggers me. Um, So, and in the past, you know, I have uh, accused my husband of coming out with with words or phrases that I have felt were controlling, um, which perhaps in actual fact weren't, and he Mm. certainly refuted it. Um, So it's having that conversation of, uh, well, it felt it to me. Mm. um, Him recognising that that's what it felt to me, even though that intention wasn't. So then... He could have gone well. Do you know what? Sod you, because it wasn't, and I'm not going to do anything about it. That's your yeah. issue. That ain't going to work in a relationship. Going, that's your issue, um, even if it might be. But him going, okay. Well, look, I will try and rephrase that kind of language so it it doesn't feel as perhaps direct, direct as it as it came across. So that's it, he's kind of doing that dance. But e- but equally, then him not losing sight or feeling like he has to completely change who he is oh, to enable yeah, yeah, me, yeah. because then that's just enabling.
0: And how about in that type of situation where that one person, because it sounds like that person who knows they're a bit more codependent and is kind of has this self-awareness around mm. these things, has probably concentrated on where their challenges, as you said, are in relationships and dating, and mm. is really working on that. How do you think we can deal with relationships where one person's probably quite self-aware or aware of those issues that are kind of their downfalls and everything, Mm, mm. and someone else that isn't necessarily like that Mm. and doesn't necessarily have a kind of awareness of, you know, what what challenges them or what makes them run away or any of Mm. these kind of different things. Can a relationship grow whilst one person's probably being more vulnerable and the other isn't?
1: Boundaries are really important. So I think if you are the um, emotionally stronger part of that relationship, it's letting your partner know how much you're prepared to give and help, but also where your boundary on that is. Um, And I think that's, and and it's very important for for both sides because often, yes, we can cross those boundaries and we go into unhelpful territory and enabling territory. So it's recognising what you're prepared to do and mm. not to do and what are your hard lines you know it's uh, it's sort of must-haves in relationships and would be nice to haves um and I think that's it's perfectly doable but being vulnerable being that vulnerable person in that relationship and then the one who is supporting uh it's important that that relationship really works towards balance
0: mm-hmm. absolutely
1: really works towards balance
0: And before we close, one final question. What is one piece of advice you would give to everyone dating in their 20s?
1: Oh, gosh. Know yourself better than anybody else. Remember, if you are the best you can be to yourself, and if you are happy with yourself, you are content with your own company, you've done all the work, you are ready to welcome someone else into your life. You don't have to be completely fixed. You know, none of us are fixed to go into a relationship. But do as much as you can on yourself Mm. so that when you are on the dating scene, when you are in relationships, always remember your self-worth and the fact that you don't need this relationship to function or be happy or survive, that you would like it. It is complementary to your life, not an absolute condition and need.
0: I think that's a must. I think it's so important. Well, this has been amazing. Grace, it has been a total
1: pleasure, honestly. Thank you very much.
0: Even when we're on a budget,
1: we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.